Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast for smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny-pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms, or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off on an autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away boys. I mean couldn't we like get two of these and get Marvin to do hand puppets? <laughs> oh that's the classic isn't it that puppet. Yeah. That was before we was even trying to target uh, construction wasn't it? Yeah yeah that was uh, we were an agency then. Oh, God. That dark, didn't last long, did it? Dark days. We, we Why didn't that last money? very long? Because we did one big project and we hated it. We made a fair wedge out of doing the agency thing, though, didn't we? We did. We, we had one guy in kitchens on a couple of two and a half grand a month, and then we had that one that 10K one-off project, which was dead easy. Mm. So, yeah, we probably, yeah, good amount of money. Listen, let's start an agency mate. again. Hey? <laughs> let's start another. Oh, no. I, I, don't know, I don't know why I did it in the first place, because we should have realised that we fucking hate people. It was a moment of madness, wasn't it? It was a moment of fucking madness. I think the real problem lied, uh, because neither of us thought it through properly, or neither of us did any proper planning to get people on board to deal with the clients. No, Absolutely. No, we both have yeah we have all the skills to run a very 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 good and very successful agency uh and we did we did really fucking well uh really proud of all the work we did however <laughs> we forgot to get someone to deal with the people side of things and yeah. reporting because when you're running an agency the clients tend to be a little bit needy and a little bit difficult at times because you need a lot of stuff from them they they want a lot of stuff from you you want a lot of stuff from them oh shut and... up you're making me nervous now <laughs> Man, bringing my anxiety out fucking hell oh, that's the hardest God. part when you're running an agency like that or with any I wouldn't say with any client but when I've got a client now I work with one privately as, as a, you know, aside from our own business and we're also good friends and I've been working with him for 10 years uh, and there's a uh, an element of explicit trust there implicit trust you know we, there's, there's no question of anything underhand going on and he also sees me in a mentoring role, so he doesn't question me. But I know from experience, when you work with clients, unless you're really picky, like I am, obviously now, you take your fucking life in your hands. And often the cheaper the client, the worse it is. Because yeah. you, know, you get a, a client who's maybe paying you $500 and you get this long spiel about how much faith they've got in how much trust they're paying how much how, how much res, how much they want results for their money and all that yeah. kind of thing and my, my family and load is lying on this relying <laughs> on this but then you get a 50k client who just says i've wired the money over look yeah. forward to it that's it yeah it's so much cleaner i know it's counterintuitive but you know we, we mentioned that today and the the three fucking hours you had me talking I didn't ask you to speak for three. I had you scheduled oh, for an hour and a half. <laughs> I can't believe I got to it halfway through. I thought this is never fucking ending. <laughs> but but it just it just does show how much we know about our shit. And I did a I didn't have to rehearse it. I just had the slides and I just went through for throwing it. And it's one the thing that gets me right three fucking hours with about one five minute break, and it's just one tiny bit of what I know about pricing. Hmm. And I know so much more about so much more. It's fucking. It's almost like I know what I'm talking about. You know. Almost. 
Almost. Almost. We should we should put that on the t-shirt on the on the back of the t-shirt. On the front, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we want to look like a cheap, horrible stag do. Yeah, on on the back. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You just want people looking at your ass. That's what you want. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I thought you'd want that. People, you'd hate people reading that off the front of your t-shirt than looking you in the eyes. At least you well, can no, turn no, around no, no, and no, go because, read the back of my t-shirt. Because if they're looking at that, they're not looking in the eye, are they? Yeah, but they'll look at that, they'll read it, and then they'll look you in the eyes and be like, John, I like your T-shirt. Yeah, well, I, I just don't get that. I mean, why the fuck the, the neurotypicals stare into the, each other's eyeballs? Because you what can I see find their really, soul. Oh, fuck off. What's frustrating? So you're telling me you don't make eye contact in shagging? Women love that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was thinking I had to think back. Yeah, of course I do. But when if I do, it's like, it's... I'm trying to think of the words to use now. There's no way I can say this without it sounding fucking really clinical. I know exactly cold. what you're going to say. It, it's, uh, there's nothing it's, uh, wrong with it. It's programmatic almost. It's just yeah. pushing buttons. The game. I do Play it because it works. So I don't. I don't get anything back. I don't think whether other guys do. Whether if a, if a guy looks into a woman's eyes when he's shagging her, normally normal neurotypical gets something from. I get nothing from it. Yeah. Except the pleasure of that she's getting pleasure, obviously. But that, that's all. There's no. There's no reciprocity there. There's no a warm and fuzzy feeling we're staring into each other's eyes. It's uh, this is what she likes, so I do it. You know, yeah. if she gets pleasure from it, I get pleasure from that. But the actual eyeball staring thing is fucking bizarre. If you ask me, what like, makes me yeah. laugh is you get fucking cockwombles on LinkedIn, other places. You know, ten rules for being a man. Firm oh, handshake, yeah. like make eye can contact. Fuck off and suck my cock. Oh, you know. Fucking load of shit, that is. You start judging people for their lack of neurotypicality, you're a fucking dickhead. Do you know what? It is also really shitty. I mean, you have to deal with a cockwomble, negotiate with a cockwomble. Oh, yeah, we were talking about pricing today, weren't we? And, you know, the, the classic pens are poised above the fucking contract and then they look up and they'll try to look in your eye, of course, and say, it's a bit much more than we wanted to pay. Isn't there mm. something we can do about the price? Yes, we can put the fucker up. Now sign. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, negotiating with cockwombles is very, very simple. One of the problems I think most business people have, I mean, I say salesman, but everyone's a salesman of some, we're all selling some. There's a real emotional need to make the sale for most people. Mm. And I think a lot of that, I said it this afternoon, was it this morning in the, the, um, the training, it's people... The, the, the reason for that is people mostly see um, see sales and marketing as being an event, not a process. They yeah. seem to focus on the one in front of them, which is which is right in the term in terms of action. But in terms of the wider picture, well, there's another one. If you've got your pipeline set up like you should have, there's always more leads coming in. If you don't close this one, statistically, you should know your numbers. Say your statistics, say you close seven out of ten or even one out of ten. You know that the next 10, 20, 100 come by, you'll close maybe, maybe two, maybe maybe, maybe 10 out of 100 if it's one in 10. You, you'll close statistically what you expect to close. You can't say whether or not you'll close one individual one, but you know over large numbers, this is what you'll make. That's how it works. And once you understand that and then you let go of the need to make this particular sale in front of you, it's much more powerful. So what I suggest to people is, I mean, this isn't from, it is from me now, but I, I got this idea and pursued it was from the late Jim Camp, who was like the most fit negotiator in the world. He was a real bastard. I mean, he wasn't dishonest as far as I know, but he was not in business to be nice to people. He was in business to do business. And his negotiating style was to start with no. He basically had a book um, of that title, Start With No, meaning you, you, you go into this, into a sales meeting, you, you answer an inquiry, you approach a new sale, if you like, with the assumption you ain't going to do it and it's not going to happen. Now that, that's what I always do. 
it's an incredibly powerful thing to have in your mind when you're talking to someone. So why should you assume the sale is not always going to happen, John? Why? Well, statistically, you know, most most of us probably don't, I don't know what your numbers are, you know, from in terms of inquiries, what's your sales closing rate? That means what people hitting your website, people phoning you up. For sake of argument, say it's one in 10. We'll say it's one in five. It doesn't matter. So we'll say one in 10 to make the numbers easily. If it's one in 10, statistically, you know, 90% of the time, you're not going to make a sale. So when you're in front of a given person, the only thing you can really say is statistically, there's a 90% chance I'm not going to sell to you. So you may as well assume that's going to be the case because it's the most likely outcome. You know, the most likely outcome is, and your history will tell you this, I'm not going to make this sale. And let go of the emotional feelings of the moment or how how is he or she responding? You know, what does this actually mean? Are we going to get the sale? Just assume you're not because the chances are you won't. Mm -hmm. And if you some numbers the other way around, if it's say, well, we closed 70% of all inquiries, well, fine. But that's still a 30% chance you're not going to make it. Yeah. And you should, you should, you know, your mindset should be, if you know, when I say should, there's no compulsion here. But if you, if you want to be happier in yourself and a better salesperson, then you you will take these stats to heart and realize that you don't control the sale. You, you know, copywriters and sales market to, uh, sales trainers, they come up with all kinds of bullshit about they can compel people to buy. Now, no, you can't. If that was true, these people would not be selling $20 copywriting courses on Instagram and LinkedIn <laughs> and, and, and Facebook. What they'd be doing is selling, you know, multi-billion pound yachts to our Arab sheikhs yeah. with 100% track record. Well, they're not. You know, the reason they're selling $9.97 and $20 fucking copywriting books on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook is because they can't do that. You know, all these people selling cheap, shoddy ebooks with NLP secrets to compelling people and forcing them to do your bidding. Well, how come I've read these book, these adverts and not bought anything from them? They're not that fucking compelling, obviously, are they, you daft cunt? You know, it's beggars belief they write this shit. It's even more fucking unbelievable. People buy this shit. Hello, I've seen loads of these ads, not bought from any of them. They're not that compelling. If they were, I would have done. Hello? Fuck's sake. So anyway, statistically, you probably won't close the sale anyway, so you may as well take that view. Second thing is, and this is this is a bit more cerebral, really. If you're following our work at all, or my, my approach to things, you will realise, statistically, most people who approach you are not your ideal client. And I say that because your ideal client avatar should be pretty fucking narrow. And I don't yeah. say laser focus, because lasers don't fucking focus, they're parallel. I can right? tell you're tired. Jesus yes. I'm fucking grumpy. Just think yourself lucky you're not my fucking child. You <laughs> sent to bed with no fucking tea and a flea in your ear. So Don't worry for Mrs. EBG. <laughs> oh, we like to play that game, dress her up as a little schoolboy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, statistically, you won't want the client because that client will be a cockwomble. You take the massive humanity. What percentage of them are actually decent clients? Very few. What percentage of tradespeople are our ideal client? Very small. Now, never mind the financials and, and, and the businesses they're in. That you know, they, they could be a perfect fit that way. But some of them are just dicks. They might be stupid, bigoted, lazy, not not ambitious enough to do it. There's loads of reasons. Probably, you know, I don't I don't know what the numbers are, but say it's one in ten people that we connect with on LinkedIn, we would even consider. So statistically, we won't want a client who approaches us. That happens a lot. Sorry, mate, you're just not a fit. Not necessarily reflection on them as a person but it's a reflection on their suitability to us as a client. So one, 
you won't close it anyway. And two, even if you could close it, you perhaps wouldn't want to. So that's another reason to assume it ain't going to happen. And the third reason is just practical. If you assume it's not going to happen, if you assume it's a negative, if you go into it with a no, only does it make you more attractive to them because there's not many things more attractive than the guy who's saying no, you ask any woman, but also you only get nice surprises. You don't mm-hmm. pin all your hopes on making this one sale and hitting your targets and getting that rush of adrenaline when you've made the sale because you're not expecting it. And you don't get let down when you don't make it either. You don't think, oh no, if only I'd have said this, I'd have got the sale. Well, that's because you're fucking fixated on it. If you've gone into the entire thing, I mean, you don't have to be fucking bored and, and act like a layabout and off be offhand with people, but you can be relaxed and say, well, hang on a minute. Because I remember when I've started working with uh, one person in particular, he messaged me saying, I really want to work with you and what can we do? And I just said, oh, hang on, hold your horses. I know nothing about you. Tell me about yourself first. And he just couldn't believe it. Well, he came on board and stayed with me for two years at a grand, more than a grand a month. Well, that's because I was not offhand with him, but just I wasn't that bothered. I, yeah. Easy come, easy go. Yeah, so I, when down, he actually down. came on board, it was a nice surprise for me. He came out of the blue, and then he's probably been worth, I don't know what, 25, 30K to me in a couple of years. Nice and out of money, nice and easy. Didn't have to work for it. I mean, to get him as a client, obviously I did work with him, but it, it wasn't, <laughs> I didn't have to pursue him. He came to me. And I didn't have any emotional reaction to it. There's none of this, oh, great. Oh, i got to buy it. Oh, I hope I can close him. I can buy that new yacht. I could afford it. I'd be selling things on Facebook. You know? So you only get nice surprises. That's that's the way I see it. You're Don't not wrong. You Sorry? It, it does. You're not wrong in, in the slightest because there's the ultimate power in any negotiation situation. Yep. And you've demonstrated it right there. And... Ultimately, the one who's most willing to walk away holds all the power in, in negotiations. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish people would say that. Uh, well, I, I wish people of, would be more I'm, relaxed when, I suppose it's to our benefit. They're not. I was going to say, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not kind of glad we've, that. Actually, we've actually got clients who need our fucking help because they're not. But it also means our competitors are shit because they're the same. They get desperate. I mean, if you yeah. want, if you want a, if you want a concrete example. And I'm talking, now, don't do not do this, don't do what I'm about to say unless you're okay with watching something that unfolds like a train crash and causes massive clenching of your buttocks in embarrassment for these people, right? You get someone, say on LinkedIn, will post, we're looking for a freelancer, a designer, a copywriter, website designer, whatever. The number of people will go, ah, me, 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 look at my website, I'd love to help you. How pathetic is that? And you can see these people playing these fucking poor deluded mm. souls like fishes. You know, it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. If I was going to respond to that, and I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, a, I am a copywriter still for us and my client, but otherwise I'm not. I mean, I'm not a copywriter for hire. People can't afford me. Um, or they, well, they can, but they don't want to. And we, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not interested. You know, people want, if people come to me to write a sales letter or a marketing package, you're looking at 50K upwards, take it or leave it. But if I was going to go into that business, if I was going to try and get clients on LinkedIn and respond to that kind of ad, I'd do it in a very different way from that. And it would almost be a, I don't know, what's the project? It sounds like a load of shit to me, kind of attitude, you know? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can't afford me, but let's play your game. and Let's, let's play Let's Pretend, you know? Yeah. And it's, I, it's, I wouldn't on. be commenting on the, that post either like every other fucking pauper. No, I'd probably be in a d- DM or something. In a DM, maybe even send something to the to, to the HQ. Yeah, I wouldn't want yeah. to put myself among the, the corners. Oh, could you imagine it? I mean, I'm fucking yeah. curling up with, with vicarious embarrassment for these poor, sad, deluded yeah. souls. And they I'd wonder them, why they're struggling. Yeah, I'd send them a letter and I'd just be like, 
surely you're not going to choose one of those sad bastards begging to work with you. Uh, <laughs> I've sent you a letter because I can afford to, uh, and I don't think you can afford me. But as you said, let's play pretend. Well, what I used to do a long time ago now, wasn't too far away from that. It was if I got into a sales discussion with someone who wanted me to, to write copy for them, I would start with this assumption it's not going to happen. And part of my sales spiel would be, well, okay, let's have a kind of talk or, or let's, let's or it was always by email. So when I say talk, I mean by email. Yeah. Now let, let's talk about the project and what you want doing. But it's important to realize it's almost certain you won't be able to work with me because I don't take on many clients. I'm not even sure it's a bit for me. Right at the yep. very top, beginning of it, it would be, you can't have me. Yep. And then I would tease them. Just like a fucking sexy 19-year-old girl in a little bikini, fucking flaunting my tits and arse at him. You want this, but you can't have it. That's exactly yeah. what it was like. And I used that parallel deliberately because there's no difference. There's no difference in the yep. marketing game and the mating game. What teases men and women sexually teases them in marketing terms too. Yeah. Yep. The only difference is the difference of style, not substance. It's all about what you want and you can't have. Hey, yeah. the best sex is teasing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Take the away sex. Sex is teasing. Fucking hell, I'm getting horny now. Just get me um, move out. <laughs> also, we've spoke about the triage process before. If you properly, if you work on that and you name that process that you want to take clients through, you can mention everything that you've just said with all those takeaway selling. And you can take them the only way I'll decide if I want to work with you is if uh, you go through my triage system, give it a different name, obviously. We've called it all sorts. Business butt kick, which you hated. I can't remember the other names, but we've, we've had about cool. five discovery. Yeah, we'd always say the only way you're going to even have a sniff at working with us is if you go through this system yeah and if people and, and some people said don't want to and it was fine great right well, well but it, it just changes the dynamics because rather than them interviewing us which is what would happen off the back of a linkedin post like that it's us interviewing them yeah and, and the thing is no one will do it, or very few people do it that way but you think about it there's no logical reason why not? Because a sale is all a sale is, is an exchange of value. For some reason, there's an assumption that the, the, the money half of the value exchange mm. is the most important one. Well, says who? Who made that decision? I'd rather I don't have remember, my time. I don't remember voting on that one. Do you? Yeah, I'd rather have my time than most people's money. Yeah, to be I, perfectly I, honest. nobody, nobody, nobody alerted me to the vote on that one. <laughs> I don't agree. I didn't remember signing up to that. Who said the money half of the exchange is the important one? I'm like fucking, you know, bollocks to it. I disagree. My time, my integrity, my confidence, my courage, they are more, Which, far more important than your fucking money. My ability to choose what I want to do rather yes, than yes, feeling choice. like I have to serve yeah. someone that might be an utter prick. Me, personally, I am, no, I'm not talking about you, but to any client, I am more important than you are, Mr. Person inquiring about my service. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you don't even figure on my radar. As far as you're concerned, I don't even yeah. have a radar. Yeah, twerk for yeah. me, bitch. Try so, and catch my attention. But it's true. Who, who fucking said? Who decided that? And you only, if you agree to it, that's a fucking choice you're making. If you want to make the money side of things so important that you'll prostitute yourself for it, great. It's up to you, it's on you, but you, you will get the clients you ask for and deserve. If you've got more yeah. self-respect, you will realise that actually you are the valuable commodity here, not the money. Because mm-hmm. they're willing and, to give that money away. They really yeah. want the thing that they're trying to give their money away for. And just because you've got the money does not mean to say you can have my ass. Yeah. People just need to realise if someone is meant, is willing to give away what is perceived as the, the, the most valuable thing on earth, which is money, they must really want that thing in order to give away money. Yeah. If you can grok that, someone wants something done so badly, they're willing to give away what it seems the most precious thing. Well, then make them twerk for you. Don't start twerking for them, little Definitely. bitch. Anyway. I, twerk, I twerk for nobody, except maybe Idris Elba. 
you twerked for me that one time. You also gave me, turned around and then gave me a little helicopter. Well, yeah, that's true. But don't talk about that. We were drunk. <laughs> it never happened. I'm a, this is all a euphemism. <laughs> oh, don't get shy now, Connor. I'm just, I was trying to save your face. <laughs> it hit my face to be saving, mate. <laughs> oh, God. This is a good yeah. time to finish on a one-minute hate, and I hope it's not about small penises. No, it's about yebbots. Awesome. Shall I set the timer? Go on, set the timer. I love hearing you talk about this. I've heard you talk about but it yeah, so much. I fucking yeah. hate it. <laughs> Ready? Ready. Hey, Siri, set a timer for one minute. You need to set a shortcut. So you say, Siri, one minute hate. So Yes, I do. Well, <laughs> right, so. Hey, hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hi, Connor. How can I help? Set a timer for one minute called the one minute hate. Your timer is set for one minute. Go. Right, yeah, but a yeah, but is someone who will agree with what you've said and they say, but so you say, yeah, if you if you want to make some more money with, with less hassle, less work, fewer headaches, and the rest of it, increase your prices. Yeah, but it won't work. Well, says who? Well, I know it won't. Well, how do you know? Well, I just do. Okay, so what, what the fuck are you showing me now? Time left, go. I've just fucking started. I don't fucking woman it hates about you now. Anyway, the <laughs> yebbots. Anything you put in front of them, they will say yebbot and then come out with some bullshit. Now listen, the word but negates pretty much everything that's gone before it. So you're saying, I'm going to give you the, the benefit of my years of experience and show you a solution to a problem. And what you're going to say, you're going to say but. In that one single word, you say, oh, that won't work. I know better than you. Why the fuck are you paying me money, you stupid piece of shit? Go away, right? Yebuts yeah, is not something I allow. I do not allow yebuts. Yeah, when but time, will you stop doing that? It's distracting. Time. Will you stop doing? It's because it's time. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! You ruined it. You ruined a perfectly good rant. I'm now going to get hate about Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that'd be brilliant. That'd be gold. Oh, I, I, man! It would. I need more than a minute. Well, we we could make it a series, a three-part series. Once a month, uh, you get to do a one-minute hate about me. Can Over I do one the course about, of a year? Can you I do one about minutes? Can I do one about my daughters too, my kids? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do one about Holly, fucking hell. Oh, I, 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 I was mean, laughing, laughing this afternoon when, I, when she was a little girl. She wanted me to draw things for her, like an Etch-a-Sketch type thing. And there were only two things she wanted me to draw. One was an ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. The other thing was a swing. Oh, man, how she survived childhood without me <laughs> drowning her or something, I really don't fucking know. When you've drawn the 73rd ice cream of the day... Did you not just pretend to redraw it and just have the same drawing every time? No, no she, she wasn't. She was never stupid. She's many things. She might be an airhead, but she's not stupid. She would know if you weren't drawing it. Really? She'd be sitting on my knee. She'd how see it. Oh, OK. So how she old is she? She's 23 now. I wish she was like a little girl. <laughs> Shut up, twat. <laughs> I remember Let's her very first words. Oh, God. What was her first words? Oh, we were, we were at the back of our old house, and she wanted to turn up the outside tap on. It was a very hot day. And she looked, she couldn't do it because it was turned off very tight. And she looked at me, and she could see her struggling. She went, Daddy, do it. Her first <laughs> sentence. Oh, I was over the moon. Of course, my ex took it personally, didn't she? Got really angry. Oh, of course she did. fuck's sake. I mean, of she's a little she girl, did. Natasha. Why are you getting angry about a little girl saying to her daddy, Daddy, do it. What the fuck is over the moon. Daddy, it's funny though. Probably what? about a year later when she was a bit older, um, we moved into the house and Holly got chicken pox. Mm -hmm. And where we used to sleep in the beds, Natasha was closest to the door and I was near the window. Holly would come into the bedroom every single night for about six months, walk around <laughs> Natasha to my side of the bed. Daddy, I could have. And then about half an hour later, I'd pick her up and carry her back into bed. <laughs>
Oh, God, man. How popular do you think I was with Natasha? Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, she's nuts. (laughs) She's fucking nuts. She's not happy with her own husband for being a good father that their daughter loves. But Holly's, even today, Holly's daddy's girl. I love her very much, obviously. She's been been daddy's girl since day one. I did all the night feeds. All the night feeds. Hey? We pay her. She fucking best be. (laughs) But anyway. Right, so, are we done? Wrap it up. Yeah, wrap it up. I, I, I remember. I need a nap. Yeah, I, I've got to go and make dinner for me, Mrs. EBG. But if you want to make more money with less work, less hassle, and fewer headaches, working with better class of customers, selling at higher prices, and having them all come to you in a turgid and moist pipeline, which is filled off hands and by an autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? You're really selling it, mate. <laughs> yeah, all, all you got to do is go to ottcollective.co.uk. <laughs> And join us in the Facebook group. There's loads of resources in there. We touch on everything we're talking about here. Or if your need is urgent, email Holly, that lovely little girl, and she'll probably ask you to draw an ice cream. That's Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, in case you can't spell, at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands. Please don't ask me to draw a fucking ice cream. And do not shit on your fingers. See you later, ta Ciao for now.